0: Welcome to the Legends of Lanamora podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nathan. These next 60 or 70 episodes uh, that you're about to go on a grand adventure on, we were called the Village Idiots Podcast, so things might be a little different than uh, when we've recorded as the Legends of Lanamora podcast. Just know that we are still the same lovable cast of characters. So on Twitter you can find us at Lanamora Pod. And you can find our website at novistudio.io. So we hope you enjoy. And, well, uh, bye. Welcome to the Village Idiots Podcast. I am your DM, your Dungeon Master, Nathan, for the first time ever, live on podcasts. With me I have Justin. That's me. Emily. That's me. Nicole. That's not me. (laughs) And Jordan.
1: You guessed it, that's me.
0: We play a homebrew podcast set in the world of Lanamora, which is a world of my creation. A little background on who we are and what we do, I guess. Do we want to go into this now? Just a a little brief overview?
2: Yes, brief overview. Go for it.
0: Okay, so I am Nathan. I am married to Emily. She is my darling wife. Say hello, darling wife. Hello, darling wife. Justin was my college roommate. We both attended the Savannah College of Art and Design together. Yes, we did. Nicole is Justin's wife. Say hello, Justin's wife.
3: Hello, Justin's wife.
0: Jordan is also married, not to any of us, but to my sister. He is my brother-in-law. I married into it. (laughs) He said yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we uh are all together playing dungeons and dragons together myself emily justin and nicole have just finished up a campaign and we decided that we wanted to uh jump into uh another campaign and we invited jordan along for the ride and we're gonna be doing this homebrew podcast for as long as it's fun
3: forever yes
0: in perpetuity Yes, in perpetuity,
4: or until one of us mysteriously
2: vanishes, which is very possible.
0: Mhm. Yes.
2: Justin, you're not
3: supposed to give away your plan like that. That's how we <laughs> find you later. I, I'm going I'm going across the the seas, the narrow seas in, in a few months, so that's very possible I could get taken.
0: <laughs> we hope not. <laughs> we need you. Oh. You're the tank.
3: Oh. <laughs> the what? <laughs> We'll get to that
0: a little later. (laughs) So this homebrew is set in a world of my creation called Lanamora. I started crafting Lanamora back in 2014 while I was playing 3.5 with some friends and then things fizzled out and I left the map in a box for a very, very long time and it stayed there until I remembered where it was and that I wanted to do another homebrew campaign and I found the map, and here we are. So, Lanamora is a world that has two continents in it. Ilari and Tor, they are opposites of each other. Ilari is a completely built-up city continent. There is city from coast to coast. Uh, Even where there's greenery, there is city around it. And Tor is a vast wilderness with little dots of civilization here and there. It's wild and dangerous and there are creepy creatures there the folks of alari do not venture to tour very often unless they absolutely need to so before we get too deep into the D stuff i'll tell you a little bit about myself i mentioned before i went to scad i have a degree in animation that i'm using very well in a role in it i am married as i've mentioned before we have a son a very young boy, and we are in Arizona. So, uh, you know, we're desert people. Yeah, I am not that interesting, so I'm going to move on to someone else. Uh, Justin, why don't you tell us about yourself?
4: Hi there, I'm Justin. I went to SCAD with Nate. We were roommates for like three years or so. Uh And I have degrees in visual effects, for film and animation, and video game design. But I use it so much when I'm at my day job, which is in engineering. I, too, am married to Nicole, who is also on this podcast. Yo. Uh, We have
3: a fur baby named Revan, (laughs) named after the Darth Revan. He's a dog. That's very important, because fur baby could constitute anything with fur. True. True. It could be a ferret. (laughs) Hamster. Gerbil. Wookiee. Pig. They have fur. Don't hate. We live in New
4: York. We go to Comic-Con every year to celebrate our wedding anniversary. I play guitar occasionally.
0: Yeah, that's it.
3: You're super awkward, babe. I love you.
2: I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud.
3: (laughs) All right, Nicole. Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm going to, you know, beat the old drum again and say I'm married to Justin because we've heard so much about that already. Been married to Justin for two and a half years, but together for- You mentioned that. Yeah, together and- uh, I forgot. Forgot what? Oh, yeah, the how long we've been married. What's really funny is that we've been married for two weeks shorter than- no, two weeks longer? no shorter shorter two weeks shorter than nate and emily because they got married exactly two, literally exactly two weeks before (laughs) we did so fun they still drove down to atlanta to our wedding which was
2: insane of them and we did not drive to new york for their (laughs) wedding because we're garbage oh stop
3: it (laughs) emily will regret that till the day she dies (laughs) like jesus christ i will legitimately like i love you so much you know we were like we wish we could go,
2: but we can't. And then we ended up being really good friends with them. And we were like, we didn't make it to your wedding. And you made it to ours. And I didn't worked. even know you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know us. And now she's my best friend. She knew. She felt the connection.
3: Oh, yeah. I knew from she afar. She's like, we have
2: to go. That's my future best friend.
3: I'm not going to lie, Emily. Like The second we got your save the dates, like, I was like, I need to meet these people.
4: The uh, the real reason we went down was because I look for any excuse to see Nathan's mom. She is amazing.
3: Oh, yeah. You're obsessed with Mama G. It's adorable. I'm
4: obsessed with Mama G. Yes. She's all right, I guess.
3: Also, I'm not going to lie. The reason I wanted to go is because I really wanted to go see the three whale sharks at the Atlanta Aquarium. <laughs> that was so cool. World of Coca-Cola, too, where Justin and I got extremely sick off of the tasting room. Uh, there's no other way to go through that tasting room. I know. Some flavors of Coke are just disgusting. We tried everything. I'm uh, a gigantic nerd, and taking my steps into D&D was like kind of uh, the the cherry on the, the ice cream. Like, it, it was eventual. It, it was going to happen sometime, so I just did it. And now I'm just full-fledged nerddom. I love my dog, and I love my i love getting tattooed and uh <laughs> I, i'm just as awkward as my husband apparently <laughs> um yeah that's me
0: nicole sweet uh jordan why don't you tell us a little about yourself
1: hi i'm jordan yeah i
0: have a degree in molecular
1: and cellular biology minored in chem also kind of mind up pivoting into it so i from arizona for the most part i've lived in tucson and denver as well but i ended up settling back here in phoenix uh, in (laughs) phoenix yeah um i met shannon nathan's sister in tucson and a little over four years ago now and but um yeah so i've I've always been i've always been into anything science fiction fantasy comics books any things like that so um I don't know. My dad had played D and D, but he, uh, when he was younger, just the one time, and his cousin was apparently a huge jerk and killed his character in the first session, and so he never played again. And uh, so I've always been curious to try it out. And Nate Nate is a much, much uh, kinder DM than my dad's cousin, apparently. (laughs) But that's it's so hard
3: to talk about yourself jesus christ like i hate talking about myself i'd like to point out a very fun fact about everyone in this group that we all got married in the same year we did that's so fun we're all very it's really interesting how we have this like really fun all of our little connections you know like Nate and Justin went to college together and Nate's sister is married to Jordan and you know, Emily comes in and then I come in like the wives and like, we've got all these fun connections. All of us were married in the same year. And I mean, you know, with Nate and Emily and Justin and I being like exactly two weeks apart. And then like, (laughs) it's just really cute how we and we're all together and we all love each other and it's very fun. We're like our own little family. Yeah. And yeah, and Justin and I are just getting to know Jordan. We we only met Jordan. What was it? it's like two months now? So we've been uh, conversing through the through our D and Ding, uh, and and we love you, Jordan. Your family. Yeah, good guy. Good guy. GG. <laughs> GG.
1: Good guy, Jordan.
3: He says GB to our dog when he's being a good boy. Like instead of saying good boy, he goes GB GB. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Why do you speak in text weird? like
2: you're in Bring It On, All or Nothing? yeah <laughs>
0: okay so uh emily why don't you tell us a little about yourself I've, I've forgotten the things you do
2: well um from what i've heard so far i'm married to nathan <laughs> for some reason uh we have a son together he is 10 months old his name is evan i feel like that's not weird to say that's normal people can know that yeah and let's see about me what do I do? I was an actress for a long time in Atlanta. I was a tooth fairy. I was a daycare teacher. I did Shakespeare plays, which you can find on YouTube. I did I did a bunch of different stuff uh, until I met Nathan doing theater. And then I stopped doing anything. Uh, <laughs> no, but I met Nathan in theater. And then I was a nanny for a while. I'm trying to track my job stuff. Um, I was a bartender for a long time. I basically wanted to do a bunch of stuff. I moved out early and then I wanted to do a bunch of different stuff because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then I did a bunch of different stuff. Um, I've done like everything. Um, and then I was in, worked in an office environment for a long time. And I was a, um, I guess I can call myself a writer because I've sold stuff to different websites and to things like that. And now I play D&D and live in the desert for some reason. <laughs> and what do you want to do with your life? Um, I'm planning on going to law school here coming up in spring semester, right? No. Where are we? It's currently spring. Fall. So we're <laughs> fall. fall semester. Or I'll be starting college in general because I have not gone to college yet because I didn't know what I want to do. I'm going to go to college, get my degree, get my law degree, and then hopefully work for the human rights campaign um, in
3: Switzerland is the plan. I have absolutely no career ambitions. That's why I didn't mention it. I just want to be a professional person.
4: Yeah, I know. Such as the Gryffindor.
3: What? Fuck off with that. Lacking ambition. I don't lack ambition. I just don't give a shit about ambition. I think that's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, I have ambition. I just don't care to use it. I just don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> she
4: says she's a realist, but she's really the pessimist.
3: Guys, I'm a Dumbledobby. Leave me alone. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. I have a lot of tattoos, and I like Shakespeare. <laughs> that's my whole personality. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. So we've got some questions that we have just to help y'all get to know us a little better. So everyone roll initiative. Evan.
3: 18. 12.
4: 3. That's a natural 20.
3: Fuck you, Justin. All
0: right, Justin, that means you're first. Uh, Emily, you want to roll a d20 to pick what question
2: we're all going to have to answer? Sure. These are a mix of questions about regular life, about nerdy stuff, and about D&D. So let's see. Six. What is your favorite movie?
4: Favorite movie, hands down, is Jurassic Park, the original. There's only one visual effects problem with it, but I can overlook it because it's a fantastic
3: movie. Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, so the order is Justin, Nicole, Emily, myself, and Jordan. I forgot to roll initiative. I rolled a four.
3: Okay. So when it comes to this question, I can't really answer it accurately because I don't have just a singular favorite movie. My favorite movie, the Star Wars saga. So like literally every Star Wars movie is my favorite movie and there's- you know, eight of them right now. So, um actually not just eight, there's also, you know, Rogue One and then there's all the spin-off things. I think the only Star Wars movie I don't like is the Clone Wars animated movie. Like the TV show, do not like the movie. But uh but yeah, so Star Wars is always number 1 for me. It's always going to be number 1. Nothing can ever take that away.
2: What do you make this more complicated?
3: <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> My favorite
2: movie has been and will always be 10 Things I Hate About You. (laughs) It is, if you haven't seen it, it is the best 90s movie ever made. It is based on Taming of the Shrew by Shakespeare, obviously. But it is set, it's based on that story, but it's set in, you know, the 90s. And it's very, it's a lot of feminist propaganda. And uh, I blame that movie for being who I am today. (laughs)
0: Okay, so my favorite movie, um... It's hard to say. It's a toss-up between the Lord of the Rings saga. See? And the Princess Bride.
3: <gasps> That's my top five.
0: I think that the Princess Bride edges out the uh, Lord of the Rings just by a tiny bit. Wow. That's fair. It's saying a lot because I really like Lord of the Rings. He does?
3: Uh, oh, my God. Extended
0: edition only.
4: Extended edition only where the movies are
0: five hours each? Yes.
2: Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll come watch them with you. Perfect. The Princess Bride definitely shaped a lot of my humor. So yeah, it's it's gonna be the Princess Bride.
3: Oh my god, so many things make sense now. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it?
0: I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Jordan, how about you? Favorite movie?
1: I could not I don't even know if I could begin to answer that. Um
2: Come on, it's an easy question. No, it's really. If you not. had to watch a movie right now, like, or like at any time, what's a movie that you just you could watch it literally whenever? It doesn't matter. And you've you'll watched
3: watch it a hundred times already.
2: Yeah, you know all the words. Doesn't matter. you
3: watch it.
1: Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I would. I was. I would have to say. I, I might have to go down the saga trilogy thing, and like Lord of the Rings is probably the, the one of my top.
3: See, that's why Emily's giving me shit like you got to be complicated, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> it's one thing to say it's a saga, but you're like, um,
2: I like everything Star Wars. And you start going into like <laughs> the animated movies and like no one cares to vote your favorite.
0: You watch yourself, Emily. There are a lot of people who yes, care. They're and really they're going to tell us we're on the internet now. <laughs> there are so many cares out there.
2: We'll get to discuss this. There's a question about it. All right. Next question. Fifteen. Pineapple on pizza, question mark?
0: Oh, Justin, pineapples on pizza? Pineapples on pizza.
4: Absolutely not.
3: Absolutely not. That Moving on. That is
4: disgusting. Nicole?
3: Absolutely fucking yes. Grounds for divorce, Justin. How are we
2: married? Me? Absolutely fucking no. Sorry. Emily! No. <laughs>
0: uh 100 percent yes
2: <laughs> All right, Jordan, uh, break the tie. Are we ordering a pineapple pizza?
1: To break the tie, my favorite pizza has pepperoni, sausage, black olives and pineapple. So
2: Yay! <laughs> Oh goodness, we're a pineapple podcast. Okay, next question. Question 17 favorite book question mark? Oh
3: fuck me, Emily. <laughs>
4: Favorite book is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No doubt.
3: My favorite book of all time and my favorite author, he's my hero, is Kurt Vonnegut. And it is his my favorite of his is Cat's Cradle. There you go.
2: I feel like I'm, I'm a kind of person who gives books away. So I feel like I wouldn't have my favorite book anymore. It's going to have to be one of I'm sorry, it's going to have to be one of the Harry Potter books. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to do it. One of them or like the series? Half Blood Prince. Nathan!
0: This is a tough one for me because it's really close between the Lord of the Rings saga and the Princess Bride.
3: (laughs) Oh, fair.
0: But I'm going to have to say Lord of the Rings.
3: Oh! Switching it up.
0: The Lord of the Rings trilogy definitely sparked my interest in uh, fantasy and. Uh, all things like that. So it's uh, you know just a little bit of a an extension of that life as a dungeon master.
3: Nice. All right.
1: Favorite book. This is going to be super random, but I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of the Halo series. So the very first Halo book, the fall is called The Fall of Reach. And it's super cool because it goes into detail about how the Spartans come into being and sets the stage for all the Halo lore and stuff. And the lore is actually really interesting.
3: That's fun. Yeah.
0: Can confirm.
2: Okay. Next question. 13. What is your favorite show? We're hitting all the favorites first, apparently. Emily, you're fucking killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what is your favorite show?
4: My favorite show changes occasionally, depending on what we're watching, but it always comes down to parks and recreation.
2: That's fair. Nicole? I,
3: I, uh, (laughs) Justin, that's like all of them, right? That's who I am. That's like what I do. Like I can't, this is what, okay. Let me just explain really fast why these questions are really hard for me because pop culture is my life. So, like, I am a walking IMDb of, like, movies, television shows, books, like, anything like that. That's what it's like I I that's how my brain's wired. Mm -hmm. So I'm like a savant when it comes to these things. Top five. I'm going to do a top five really quick. Top five. I'm going to do a top five real fast. In no particular order, Game of Thrones, Outlander, Parks and Recreation, Gilmore Girls, and... The Magicians fair okay
2: if I had to pick my favorite show honestly a show that I could just sit down and watch no matter what probably would have to be The Office it would it just like the show that I could I could quote constantly I could watch it without sound and tell you what
3: they're saying The Office yep nice that would be um. that's like top 10 yeah Nate the guy who rarely watches television. <laughs> okay.
0: my Yeah, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. So I'm going to go with a show that I just really enjoy right now. And uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Jordan?
1: I, I think a show that I could just sit down and watch whatever, whenever, any episode, doesn't matter. A super easy choice for me would be Firefly.
3: Nice!
4: Yes, excellent.
3: Damn, that's so good.
0: Good choice, good choice.
2: Justice
3: for Firefly. Okay, next question.
2: Question 19. What is your Harry Potter house?
4: Ooh, 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 I like this question. <laughs> I am a Slytherin, but not a full Slytherin. For some reason, I'm like three quarter Slytherin and a quarter Hufflepuff. <laughs>
3: He's a slitherpuff.
4: Which is which is weird as hell, Nicole says. But uh my Patronus is a lion.
3: Asshole. I don't remember what mine was. Oh, I do.
0: I remember mine. And that's it.
3: That's it. Yeah. Okay. My house is Gryffindor. And uh before you're like, well, everyone wants to be a Gryffindor. No, I'm a fucking Gryffindor. True <laughs> and true. Always have been, always will be. Every quiz I've ever taken, especially Pottermore, has told me I am nothing but a Gryffindor.
2: It's the only thing about her I can't stand.
3: (laughs) My Patronus is a red fox. I've always been a Gryffindor. It's just like who I am. I'm very headstrong. I'm very loud. I'm very out there. People say I'm brave. People say I'm courageous. I just don't, I don't have a filter. And you're humble. Yeah, no, I really am not. (laughs) I'm a goddamn ham. I'm basically like the embodiment of the Weasley twins. Like, that's who I am. Yeah, so Gryffindor all the way. What, what?
2: Nice. Um, I am a Slytherin. I have been a Slytherin forever. Every test I've literally ever taken has put me in Slytherin. Um, I am ambitious to a fault. I'll decide I want to do something and it'll be done the next day. I sometimes jump into things a little too quickly for that reason, which is an issue, but we're working on it. Um I can be I'm not we're not gonna stand for any Slytherin hate on this podcast because there's two of us here. But here's the thing, we're also not like shitty Slytherins. We're not like, you know, white supremacists. We're <laughs> normal people. <laughs> 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 who
3: happen
2: to you know be pretty ambitious. <laughs> and that's generally
3: it. Not all Slytherins are Voldemort. Let's just no. that's just the only way no. you could put it.
2: No. Merlin was a Slytherin, so.
4: We're only Slytherins because we're like super ambitious.
2: That's really it. It's like we very much will do whatever it takes to get what we want and that's can be a bad character trait.
3: But it's also very good because it helps the non-Slytherins in your life be motivated. <laughs> yes.
2: So, you know, I'll tell Nicole that she should tell somebody to fuck off. And <laughs> she gets to tell me to calm the fuck down. So, you know, it works. <laughs> it's a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. I don't know what my Patronus is. I think it was some fucking heron and I don't care about that. So.
0: It's neat. I'm next. I am a Ravenclaw. The end. <laughs> my Patronus was a Sphinx cat. Cool.
2: That's dope. I think mine was like a gray
3: heron. How did you get Sphinx cat?
0: Because I am so catty. Meow.
3: No, like, how did the fucking Slytherin of my husband get a goddamn lion, <laughs> the symbol of Gryffindor?
2: <laughs> Nathan is a Ravenclaw because he is. That's literally, it's hard to describe. You'll see. You'll see, dear listeners.
1: I promise. I am a hufflepuff. And if I had a patronus, I never took the test, but it would be a giraffe or a turtle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my patron- my patronus should be a giraffe, but the idea of a giraffe patronus seems wrong. <laughs> like I feel like you can't have that. I feel like they're all supposed to be small. <laughs>
4: So basically we have one Gryffindor, one Ravenclaw, one Hufflepuff and two Slytherins.
2: Yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> Very Slytherin heavy on this podcast. Ask how, ask us why this podcast is happening.
3: It's the two of us. Just ask.
0: Just be glad the Slytherin isn't the DM.
3: Oh dear lord. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was our last question.
2: Well, that was our last, like, real-world question. Let's get into D&D, dudes. These are going to be quicker questions. I mean, they're big questions, but, like, try to answer them quickly. As quick as you possibly can. First question. What is your favorite class to play in D&D so far?
4: My favorite class to play? I played an Artificer recently, and that was pretty cool.
2: Dope
3: um my favorite class to play was the first one i ever played and it was a wizard and i loved it i just loved being a magic user i loved being able to the the more uh the level the higher the levels the the more badass the spells and i fucking loved it
2: dope my favorite class to play let me tell you all something about monks monks are the most powerful class in this entire game they are so cool, they do so much damage, and they just kick the hell out of shit. Like, that's such a cool thing to do. Like, everyone else is, like, casting spells and using warhammers, and the monk is like, I punch it real hard. And it's, you just gotta respect that in a game of d and I
0: kick it apart. I kick it apart. Ooh.
2: <laughs> Nathan?
0: Well, I uh, have been mostly a DM, uh, but the most fun that I ever had playing was a Tempest Domain Cleric. Nice. I played a Tiefling Tempest Cleric, so I had Hellish Rebuke and Thunderous Rebuke, so I was just thunder and fire. That's that's
2: very cool. It was great. Rebuking all over the place.
0: It was very cool.
2: Now, Jordan.
1: My favorite D&D class that I've played so far, I've played two, um, Monk and Ranger, and I guess so far I'd have to go with Ranger. The ranger feels very versatile. He's a half caster, so he knows some spells. Like he's ranged, but you get up close, and I, I can still fend for myself in melee combat. I wound up going with the Horizon Walker subclass, so there's some neat things you can do there.
2: Nice, nice, nice. That's dope. All right, next question: What is a class that you want to play that you have not?
4: Yeah, I could be. I could do paladin. I guess. Um, Well, the paladins are the
0: ones that are like super religious and stuff like that. Right. And
3: mostly lawful good. Yeah.
0: Well, fifth edition changed the paladin around. So they are no longer necessarily super religious. They swear an oath and they have to uphold that oath. The clerics are more of the um, requiring divine inspiration in most D and D campaigns, but they have to be lawful. Good. No, that's not a requirement anymore.
3: It's just like that's standard is what I was saying.
0: Okay, good. Then
4: I'll probably try a paladin.
3: There, Nicole? So I, <laughs> it sounds, because everyone makes fun of this class, but like I, I kind of would be interested in playing a bard because like I think it's the closest class to me as a person.
2: Listen, you want to know my second favorite besides monk is bard. They're so fun.
3: Yeah, I'm just like, cause I'm a really like goofy person, and I'm very musical, and I would play that very much like a bard. Like I picture a bard to be. Hmm. So yeah, bard. I love playing bards as well.
2: Um, if I had to make another character tomorrow, I would make it a rogue. I did have a character that was a rogue, but I never really got to play it. I think you we know, I only played that character like two or three times. But it was really interesting when I was trying to play it, so I would play I would make a rogue for sure. I think they can do super cool stuff, and I barely got to scratch the surface of it. Anything?
0: Yeah, Rogues are cool. If I ever get the chance to play again, I would want to play a super culty great old one warlock. Cool.
2: That sounds neat. Yeah.
0: Like. Heavy Cthulhu vibes, tentacles <laughs> everywhere, nice. ichor coming from places it shouldn't be, black eyes—you know, love it. The so what you're saying is
2: we have to play a game in which you are a player because I want to see that.
3: Yeah.
0: Nah, I'm a DM. I can make it just a villain. You all fight.
3: Yeah, as a DM, don't you really get to play a lot of the classes with whatever NPCs you're doing?
0: Uh, sometimes I make the NPCs a character sheet, but. Oh, okay. Usually I don't. I just use monster manual stats.
2: Nice. All right. Jordan.
1: One class that I am really hoping to try at some point is, and so I haven't played a fighter, and specifically I would like to try out an Elder Tonight. I think the idea that they can magically bond with their weapon and can, like, throw it and have it return to them and stuff is, is very... It's very cool. You can do some very thorough things with that.
3: Well, about that, you're gonna get to see what an Eldritch knight does. Cause <laughs> you're gonna be playing a game with one. <laughs> yes.
2: Alright, last question, and this is gonna be a quick one. RP or combat?
4: RP for sure. I love building characters specifically for and backstories specifically for the ridiculousness of it.
3: Yeah, combat. But <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Combat. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> RP is really really fun. I'm just super awkward, and I think I always sound really stupid. So, and I like I think one of the reasons I love D and D so much is because I get to like live vicariously through my character, where I just get to fuck shit up all the time. So fair. Yeah, combat.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with RP. I think what some of my favorite D and D moments have been through RP rather than combat. So I'm gonna say my favorite is RP.
0: Uh, I'm going to break the mold here and say puzzles.
2: That's not an answer.
0: It is an answer. Ones that last multiple episodes? (laughs) Yes. Escape room. (laughs) See, because the thing is I like RP, I like combat so I'm just going to say puzzles. (laughs) Why not both? Jordan? Combat so far I like
1: math and frankly I'm still getting comfortable with role playing and I, so I feel like the majority of you all come from a kind of some kind of arts background and I or, or performance and I don't really um, so I'm still kind of trying to get comfortable with I guess fully immersing into the character or just unabashedly trying to voice them or something like that but and I'm feeling out what can and can't be done with uh, in, in the social situations and yeah you know, so so far combat enjoy it
3: well just a heads up like you're doing, you're doing good like for <laughs> real yeah
1: but, <laughs> i can try more voices
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god please do please Always. Do. yes <laughs> so that was our last question
2: yay Woo. hopefully you guys know a little bit more about us now
3: now get to know our fictional selves right <laughs>
2: Yeah, now moving on. That was a nice segue into D&D. Okay, so as
0: I stated before, Lanamora is the name of the world that I created. There are two main continents. There is Alari and Tor. Alari is the city continent. Tor is the wilderness continent. So that's the, the basically the gist of the setup. They are divided by ocean on the eastern side and a see between the two of them. They kind of sit at weird angles. Alari in the Southern Hemisphere and Tor in the the Northern Hemisphere. And Tor is uh, about twice the size of Alari. One important thing to note about religion in Lanamora. Religion plays a diminished role so the gods don't really grant boons or divine blessings and their presence hasn't been felt for millennia. There are a few cults of the mostly forgotten gods. However, without the direction of a true deity, many of the cults fizzle in a few generations or are misguided by corrupted cult leaders and they're squashed beneath the boot of the law. And the law of the land in Alari is called the mantles. There are five branches of the mantles. There are the golden mantles, the silver mantles, copper, ivory, and obsidian. So the Copper Mantles are kind of like the constables and sheriffs. The Silver Mantles are lawyers and legislators, and they're well-educated individuals. Copper Mantles are your street guards and your security details. They are recruited by the Golden Mantles, and the Golden Mantles directly oversee them. Ivory Mantles are the judges. They are appointed from the ranks of the Silver Mantles. And then you have the Obsidian Mantles, who work as bailiffs, jailers, and executioners, and they are chosen from the ranks of the copper mantles. And it's usually the more vicious copper mantles. The golden mantles, quote unquote, promote these individuals to help keep them close, keep check on them on their brutality, and reserve that brutality for the worst criminals of Alari. So that is a, a broad overview of the mantles, but that's basically the law the judiciary, and the legislature. Uh, Which brings us to government, the one thing that everyone's excited about. So this is going to be super, super quick overview. So basically the executive branch, or there's no king or queen, there's what is called the Chamber of Twelve. They're the leaders of government. They are voted into office by the constituents of their boroughs. There are 12 boroughs of Alari, and they all vote on their representative for the Chamber of Twelve. They also vote for their representatives for the Assembly of Stewards, which works as more of the uh, legislative body. So they are the ones coming up with the laws and making sure that everything is you know, working smoothly. The Assembly of Stewards also, they appoint the ivory mantles from the ranks of the silver mantles. The Chamber of Twelve recruits the golden mantles, and the mantles enforce the law. So the seat of government is a separate borough from the Chamber of Twelve. So there are actually 13 boroughs, including the seat of power, and that is called Intepa. It's the name of the borough that contains the seats of government. It sits in the middle of the southern shore of Alari. It's situated on a hill that rises high above the borough of Fellows below. There are heavy fortifications protecting the borough, and there are only two official ways to enter. So Fellows is the district that is uh, surrounding Intepa. Fellows is a large borough in the central southern shore of Alari. Most of the denizens of Fellows are living a middle to lower class lifestyle and are trying to launch themselves out of the borough via a new career. Next we have Lux. Lux can be found on the northeastern portion of Ilari's mainland. The borough encircles the archives and houses the most affluent residents of Ilari. There's a canal that leads to Lake Lux that was built by the citizens of Lux that is now controlled by the harbor coast. The archives is the name of the region where the lore keepers reside. And that entire borough is encircled by Lux, contains all of the knowledge contained by the lore keepers. It's basically a big neighborhood of libraries. The Lorekeepers themselves are heavily academic organization, and their main goal is to collect as much knowledge as possible by any means necessary. They've been known to hire mercenaries to help them in their quests, though few Lorekeepers actually take part in expeditions. And the Lorekeepers hold a deep-seated hatred for the architects for withholding knowledge of the originators. The architects are from a region called, or the Borough of Ilar's Birth, it sits in the southeastern section of Ilari, and according to legend, is the region where Ilar, the originator, first set foot on the continent. Regardless of whether or not the legend of Ilar is true, this is the oldest part of Ilari, and holds many secrets deep within the caverns and catacombs that sprawl below the surface. The architects live on the surface and are the civil engineers throughout all of Alari, and all their tasks are ordered by the Chamber of Twelve. So I mentioned the Harbor Coast owns a canal that is disputed around Lux. So the Harbor Coast is on the northern shore of Alari against the Mirror Sea, and it is home to the Merchants' Alliance, a tight-knit group of merchant captains, mercenaries, and deckhands that transport raw goods from Tor back to Alari and necessities from Alari to the colonies on Tor's southern shore. So, some of those raw goods would come from Ada's Bounty, which is the heartland of Alari. This borough produces three quarters of the food for the residents of Alari, and the borough was mostly desert before being settled and represents one of the architect's greatest feats of civic terraforming. Next is the Circle of All. It's one of the most underdeveloped boroughs of Alari and is looked after mostly by druids. The circle of all sits on Illari's southern shore between Intepa and Illar's birth. The main feature of the borough is a massive tree that soars high above the sparse buildings that dot the landscape. To the far west of Illari is the barony of Talaria, a group of small islands linked together by massive bridges. The waterways between the islands support multitudinous hiding spots for 'er ne'er-do-wells, pirates, and the occasional eccentric mage. Moving to the east, the cloistered peaks are the tallest mountains in Alari and are inhabited by the quieter and slower-paced dwellers of Alari. Native inhabitants of the peaks act as mandatory guides for travelers moving through the borough to ensure the outsiders don't cause any trouble. Next, we have the Mithril Peninsula. In the northeast, it's attached to the mainland by a tiny isthmus. There are a collection of mountains that dominate the landscape of the peninsula. They're named the Anvil forge slag and bellows the mountains are named after the trades that built up around the respective peaks next is gizmo Borough. gizmo burrow sits in the eastern central section of alari directly under lux and above the circle of all the borough is mostly inhabited by artificers and tinkerers and provides most of the mechanical goods for the rest of alari and lastly we have the veiled city the veiled city entrance borders fellows and Gizmo Borough and leads down into the Alaran cavern network. The entrance is a 20-mile diameter hole on the surface of the earth that descends down into the depths. The veiled city itself sprawls underneath Alari and connects to the other smaller entrances dotted around the continent. So the boroughs are the Archives, Ilar's Birth, Gizmo Borough, the Harbor Coast, Ada's Bounty, Circle of All. The Barony of Talaria, the Cloistered Peaks, the Mithril Peninsula, Lux, Fellows, and the Veiled City. The Grotti Network is a group of teleportation hubs that are peppered throughout Alari. It's used primarily to transport goods. However, wealthy individuals can buy a teleport to another Grotti Tower. And the following boroughs have a Grotti Tower. Intepa, Ilar's Birth, the Mithril Peninsula, the Harbor Coast, Gizmo Borough and the Cloistered Peaks. So that's a very broad, semi-detailed overview of Alari. So I think that's going to take us to uh, character descriptions. I think we'll keep the initiative that we had earlier. So uh, Justin, do you want to talk about your character? Oh, great. Yeah. Okay.
2: Ooh, he's like, finally, I get to talk about my character.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot. So Justin, you want to talk about your character? Yes, I would love to talk
4: about my character, um, but in fact, I need to make a quick disclaimer about my character. My name is Justin, and I'll be playing Safina Thornburn, though her friends call her Saf, is a 20-year-old, 4-foot-nothing, halfling girl. And yes, I realize I am playing a girl. I may be a bisexual man, but have not always been comfortable in my own skin. In fact, I often wonder if I should have been a girl. I may look masculine but I feel more feminine, I feel more comfortable playing Saph because she is an extension of my feminine self. Because if you can't live vicariously through a made-up character in a fantasy world, why are you even playing d and I have been a long-time fan of strong female characters and Saph is no exception. She's a mix of Lyanna Mormont and Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, Lena Mayfleet from City of Ember, and Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. She's got a keen sense of intellect and problem solving, strength and honor, and is always the optimist. She sees the good in the worst of times and is loyal to a fault. Seth is a little socially awkward and goofy when she can be. She is a level one halfling artificer gunsmith, and if you're unaware of what an artificer is, it's kind of steampunkish with engineering and inventing and the like. She's neutral good Her highest skill modifier is Dexterity, followed by Intelligence and Charisma. Her lowest is her Strength. She is proficient in History, Investigation, and Sleight of Hand. She's got an AC of 15 and a hefty 10 HP. She's got Daggers with a light crossbow, but primarily uses her Thunder Cannon. It does 2d6 piercing damage, but the Thunder Cannon gets way cooler as she levels up. She speaks Common and Halfling. The trait Lucky allows her to re-roll ones. She can move through any creature that is a size larger than her and can attempt to hide behind any larger creature too. Personality trait is... I would rather make a new friend than a new enemy. Ideal is... Nothing and no one can steer me away from my higher calling. My bond is... I idolize a hero of mine and measure my deeds against theirs. My flaw is... Now that I've returned to the world, I enjoy its delights a little too much. Safina Thornburn was raised in a loving home in a quiet halfling town with a large family tree. She is closest to her grandpa Milo, a great adventurer and artificer like his father before him. Milo tried passing down his adventuring lifestyle to Saf's father Yendek, but Yendek is and will forever be a coward. Grandpa Milo and Saf grew super close, teaching her tinkering, inventing, and pretending to go on adventures. They kept pet snakes, of which Yendek was particularly scared of, and Grandpa's nickname for Safina was Sapphire, due to her show-stoppingly blue eyes. Saf's grandfather goes missing. Years go by, her father tries to keep her from following in Grandpa's footsteps. Halflings mature at 20 years old, so the story is set after she runs away from home on the night of her 20th birthday. Where Nate wants to start his adventure in relation to Saf starting hers is up to him. But know this, she will stop at nothing to try and find out what happened to her beloved grandfather. Also, don't tell her she can't do anything, otherwise she will try and do it. She's been told all her life by her father that she can't be an adventurer, so she became an adventurer.
3: Typical teenager. (laughs)
4: Little extra things include that she is a redhead with piercing blue eyes... Gramps used to call her Sapphire and would get her something blue every time he'd come back from an adventure. Therefore, she has a love for blue things.
1: Nice.
0: And that
4: covers my novel.
0: Hm. Nice. Sweet. I can't wait to see uh, what Safina is going to do. Especially running away from home. Yeah, that's dope. Hm. In a city.
3: Yeah, we got a rebel. A loner, Dottie, a rebel.
0: Uh, So, Nicole, you want to tell us about your character?
3: Yeah. So my husband's making me feel extremely lazy by not coming up with something like as uh, in-depth as that, and also for stealing the Arya Stark comparison from me. Thanks for that. So my character's name is Scarlet. She is a tiefling fighter, Her background is a soldier. Uh, Her alignment is chaotic neutral. Her personality trait is I can stare down a hellhound without flinching. Her ideals, uh, when people follow orders blindly, they embrace a kind of tyranny. Bonds, those who fight beside me, are those worthy of dying for. And my flaw is I'd rather eat my armor than admit I'm wrong. Which I I really resonate a lot with that. That's kind of like. Oh, did you uh, did you pull that from your real life, Nicole? Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's why I very much like Justin's character is an extension of him, his self. I kind of wrote Scarlet to be very much like me, as a human. I'm just like even the fighter thing. Like I, I've just always been a fighter of of some sort.
0: So where did you get the uh, six foot tall thing?
3: Yeah, that's what I wish I was, because I'm not six feet tall. I'm under five feet tall in real life. So, And I'm also not, you know, a demon, but I have demons. (laughs) Um, And my favorite color is red, so that's why her name is Scarlet. And I always wanted to, uh, if I had a daughter, I had a bunch of different names in mind. Scarlet was always one of them. And uh, since I can't have children, I'm using it as a uh, name that I wanted to go to. And her name, uh, you can call her Scar. My proficiencies are strength and constitution. I love my warhammer. I'm going to use that a lot. And I speak Common and Infernal. I, as a fighter, I chose dueling as my kind of you know basic like you, when you what is it fighting style? Yeah, fighting style. My appearance: I'm five eleven. I'm not six feet tall, but close enough. Uh, my hair is kind of like black. Uh, I have kind of sunset skin is what I like to call it, but like one of those sunsets where it's like super reddish orange and very just bright. Um And I have gold eyes. I'm about 26 years old, so I'm still, I'm in my prime. As a tiefling growing up in the borough of fellows, which is kind of like the lower class borough, I was an orphan. I basically just kind of came up scrapping my way through the streets you know, getting kicked around because I was little for a long time and I really just learned everything from being on the streets, taking care of myself, you know, scrappy little thing that I was. And when I became old enough, and old enough in my mind is like teenage years, I decided to leave Fellows and kind of travel around Alari and learning from anyone that would teach me anything about fighting because I didn't want to be the scrappy little thing anymore. I wanted to be a fearsome thing. I wanted people to be afraid of me. I wanted people to uh, respect me. And so I decided that when I was old enough and I had learned all these things, I would be a mantle. So I am a copper mantle, and uh, specifically, I am an enforcer. I'm upholding these laws, but you know, I don't and I don't necessarily because of my ideals, I don't necessarily follow. The orders blindly, like I said, I think that's tyranny. I kind of follow the ones that I think I follow, like it's kind of my own thing, but I still, uh, I will, I'm an enforcer. So anybody that's uh, getting a little out of hand, I'm gonna take care of business. (laughs) So yeah, that's me. That is Scarlet. I'm, I'm excited to play her, very excited.
2: Nice.
0: So Emily,
3: you're up.
2: My turn. Okay. I am playing Drusilla. She goes by Drew. Yes, I know this is from Buffy. I've never seen Buffy. We're all just going to move on from that. I love this name. That's not what it's from. I'm sorry. I failed all of you nerds. Um, she is a cleric. She's a grave domain cleric. So she's basically a necromancer, except Nathan yells at me every time I say the word necromancer, because she's not technically. She's a grave domain cleric, but she's a necromancer. She is an eladrin, which is a subset of Elf. She was born in a shade spot. Is that what it's called?
0: Shade pocket.
2: Shade pocket. She was born in a shade pocket. Shade pockets can appear anywhere. So it's super rare that someone would be born in one, which makes her an eladrin. So there's not very many of her around. She's a summer eladrin, So she has golden skin like bright gold skin, which she covers up because uh, people have been trying to figure out what makes the shade spots happen. And to figure that out, they want to study Elydren that are born in those spots. And so I'm trying not to be dissected, basically. Um, So I'm on the run from the government. Um, I have bright gold skin that I cover with hide armor. Yeah, she's got hide armor that covers most of everything. She's got gloves. She's got a cape with a hood that hides her white hair. She's got bright green eyes. She dresses mostly in black with dark purple. Or her, like, colors in general, all of her magic is, like, dark purple with um, sparkle sparkles in it. Shiny dark purple. She's neutral. And she's got... Uh, Her background is the sage background because, and I chose that because, the reason she, where this campaign starts, she is in Alar's birth, which is the place of the architects. The reason she's there is because she was wandering through that region with her mother. She decided to stay there because she was tired of running around. Her mom kept trying to move her from place to place because she was on the run, but she fell in love with the city and the history of the city so she ended up looking down going down in the catacombs under the city and was exploring down there when she found books on necromancy and she also found a pendant which a jade pendant which became became her arcane focus um she has it braided in her hair so she doesn't have to carry some big old staff around announcing that she's a magic user but she learned necromancy from these just old dusty books she found down in the catacombs and she's been doing that ever since Elves reach adulthood at 100 years old. She's 107, so she's, you know, early on, an early, a young adult. She's 5'6", so she's not super tall, not super short. She's 192 pounds. She's kind of a bustier, curvier person, like yours truly. Um, like the other two, I have kind of based Drew on myself in a lot of ways.
0: My wife is a necromancer.
2: Yeah, I know. I... I've always been obsessed with, like, weird occult shit, so I'm pretty psyched to play a necromancer, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, oh, her, her personality trait is, um, I stand tall and strong so others can lean on me. So she tries to kind of, she tries to not let her emotions take hold of her, at least not sad emotions. <laughs> her ideal is nothing should fetter infinite possibilities. So she is totally down with the necromancy and thinks there's nothing wrong with it and will fight you about it. Um, Her bond is, I have an ancient text that holds terrible secrets. So I've got that necromancy book with me and I generally, I understand that necromancy can be used for evil, so I try to keep that book out of other people's hands. My flaw is your fury can carry you through anything, so... I'm very, I can get very angry about certain things and kind of lose my head in situations. So we'll see how that goes. She's basically just a goth queen. Like it's like, imagine Avril Lavigne in like early years, like who you were when you were listening to that music. No, 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 no. I was dressed exactly (laughs) like Avril Lavigne when I met Nathan and he married me. So let me tell you. (laughs) I had a tie on and everything.
3: Dear Lord. Emily, I have so many things to talk to you about okay. later. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's true.
0: And just to talk on Emily's points about the shade regions. So Eladrin are elves that are born within these shade or fey pockets that come up every once in a while on the landscape of Alari. The Lord keepers are able to forecast where they are going to happen. And they basically quarantine the spots where they're going to occur they move all the residents out and they are trying to study them basically so only certain lore keepers can go into these shade or fey pockets so in order to be born in a fey or shade pocket is very rare you basically have to sneak past the lore keepers in order to do that so that happens to be what her mother did whether advertently or inadvertently that is what happened
2: inadvertently she did not mean to do that she was just wandering around was like why are these people here push past them this is my sleeping spot i'm very pregnant and tired she got to where she wanted to be she used face step got past everybody woke and then like went into labor so it was definitely on accident her mom is very flighty and weird she is hippie granola mom
0: yeah so Yeah, I just wanted to elaborate on that a little bit. And that takes us to Jordan. Want to tell us about your character? Agamir is a level
1: one half-orc rogue. He's of a sailor background, chaotic and neutral in alignment. He's got a 10 in strength, a 14 in dexterity, a 16 in constitution, a 10 in intelligence and wisdom, and a 14 in charisma. He's proficient in dexterity and intelligence saving throws. Uh, He's doubly proficient in athletics. He's proficient in deception, insight, doubly proficient in intimidation, proficient in investigation, perception, and stealth. He's 14 AC, 11 hit points, and he was schooled in the Naval Arts at Harbor Coast Nautical Academy after growing up in a kind of a lower middle class household who's... um, raised by his mother, who worked very hard to provide, and he he ultimately, through merit, was able to attend this academy. Uh, They were very far in her city, and he wanted to kind of get out and see the world. Seafaring was very um, appealing to him, so he ultimately ranked second in this class after several hard years of work. He lost out to his best friend and rival. very happy for her but you know he's still kind of he still feels like he has a lot to prove because of that he's the first mate on his current ship but he aspires to own his own ship he dreams of freedom and independence to sail the open seas by orcish standards he wouldn't be considered very strong he's you know strong by human standards but mostly he's dexterous athletic and cunning he works hard so he can play hard when the work is done Wants to chart his own destiny. His bond is that he will always remember his first ship. And one of his flaws is that once someone cur- questions his courage, he never backs down, no matter how dangerous the situation. Kind of tying into that feeling that he need to prove himself. He's a skilled duelist. He's a highly skilled duelist. That's probably what he was best at.
0: Yeah. It's
1: Love it.
0: All right. Sweet. So that's the whole party. So one thing that we... Are going to be doing with the podcast because we are called the village idiot podcast at the end of every episode we're going to name a village idiot and that village idiot is chosen for doing something stupid during the episode by me the DM if you do something stupid during the episode you're named the village idiot and that means that you have to recap the episode on the next episode that we do so Uh, No one wants to be the Village Idiot. Sometimes I'll name myself the Village Idiot if I allow, you know, a a dumb situation to occur. Who knows? Hope that it'll be fun. So, yeah.
4: We have a website. It's www.villageidiotspodcast.com. You can find things there like the links to our Spreaker page with the podcast on it our about section we'll put up a blog and stuff you can contact us directly through the site
0: so we are all on social media nicole's got some info there
3: yeah so for all you social media lights out there you can find our podcast on twitter at village idiot pod and i have a personal twitter you can find me on twitter at nicole the nerdy
4: you can find me at jroma 20
3: you can find me at Neurotic Good. You can find me at Village
2: Idiots DM. Jordan doesn't do social media. Yeah, we,
0: we thank you all for tuning in to our Session Zero episode. Hope that you all are excited for this campaign. Hope you're excited to see some more of these kooky characters. So from all of us here at the Village Idiots, Bye! 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 bye.